Well, 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 here we are again. This is Becca and Millhaven, just saying, in Omaha, I'm Tom Becca. And I'm McGraw-Millhaven here on the Big 550 KTRS. You only got the Big 550 KTRS once in a while because this airs on your radio station. But uh, the rest of the time, the rest of the time, it's all podcasts. It's all online. You, you, you still you, you still are treating this like it's a radio show and not a podcast. I'm old school, baby. You're well. That that indeed you are, right? Or just old? You're or just old? Just old. Or yeah. just or just really old? <laughs> God love you. Isn't the weird thing about getting older is that in your mind you're not, you know, in your mind you're still, you know, very young. But then you look around and realize, oh, that you're on all these different social media platforms you never heard of or whatever, and you just realize that yeah, you're you're not as you're not as hip as you used to be. Have you been to a um have you been to a twenties bar recently? Um or a college bar recently? Well you get real old real fast. Yeah, not a not a college bar, not a college bar or anything like that. But uh uh one of the places that I hang out here at um uh in Omaha, you know, is a mixed crowd. So there's a lot of, you know, young adults there, you know, and it's yeah. Yeah, but there are people like old people like you there as well. Uh well yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to a go to a place where there aren't old people like you and only young people. <laughs> you're like, they're like, hey old man. You're like, old man. So like, I used to be somebody. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. You, you know, you know what's funny? What's funny? This has happened to me a few times. Maybe it's happened to you too. I'll uh, I'll be out and about and some very attractive woman, maybe in her like thirties, right? Will come up to me and say, "Hey, you're Tom Becker, right?" And I go, "Oh, yes, I am." She goes, "Oh man!" And so, so she comes to me and she knows who I am, and I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, man, she knows who I am. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm young, I'm vibrant, I'm hip, right?" And then she says, "When I was a little girl, my dad and I used to listen to you all the time in the car." And it's like, "Oh, geez, that's right, that's uh, right. I, you know, I don't have, a, I don't have a shot." That hasn't happened to me, but what's happened to me was your granddaughter is adorable. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, your 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 granddaughter is just a sweetheart. It's my daughter. <laughs> my dad used to get them. I got a sister that's eleven years younger than I am, right? And so my dad, my dad was probably like early forties when he had her. You know, forty two, forty three, right in that ballpark there. I'm thinking, but he was you know already gray. He was he was prematurely gray. So here he'd be, this guy, you know, this gray haired guy. Pushing the kid in the stroller, and everybody would say, "Oh, your granddaughter is so cute, <laughs> adorable." All right, what are we talking about today? What's, what's well, I, I just, well, you were talking about something on your radio show the other day, and I was listening. You're talking about this, and I, I am just fascinated with the whole idea here about the people that just won't buy into the into the truth, won't buy into the facts. They they, and, and I'm not talking about people that see something differently than I do. Because I, I can agree with people that maybe will look at the facts and come to a different conclusion than me. But we're talking about people that just live in like this alternate universe, this complete bizarro alternate universe. And I don't know how, what do you, I, I guess, have those people always been around and we just didn't know it because we didn't have social media and 24-hour news cycles and you know platforms like that? Have those people always been around and we just didn't know it? Or is well, this a new phenomenon? You and I sit in a unique position in that you are not. Um, I think you try to look at both sides objectively, and I try to look at both sides objectively. And I, I don't think we're 
I mean, every umpire gets it wrong, right? I mean, there's not an sure. umpire, there's not a judge who doesn't have a point of view, who doesn't let their own bias seep into calls or whatever else. And whether you're calling balls and strikes in the World Series and you grew up a Met fan or something or whatever, right? I mean, I just, or you like the player, but you're still, call- I mean, there's all sorts of things that that you have to make a judgment call on or whatever. And we're certainly not perfect. But from where I sit and my perspective is, I see two parties that cherry pick their own facts to fit their political agenda. And I don't think liberals do it more than conservatives. And I don't think conservatives do it more than liberals. But if you think the liberals do it more than the conservatives, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. And if you think only the conservatives do it, you're fooling yourself. And so this sort of self-awareness is what's lacking in this country. And that, you know, if you think Joe Biden, if you're a Joe Biden person, you should at least acknowledge that there are people out there who think Joe Biden lies as much as you think Donald Trump lies. Hold on. You have to acknowledge the other side. No, no, you're trying to make a false equivalency here. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're making a false equivalency because, first of all, okay, uh, there are there are little white lies and there are lies, and there's a difference between you know, um, you know, telling your daughter, telling your daughter that Santa Claus is coming, uh, you know, and telling you know millions of people that uh, you know the election was stolen. I mean, there's there's two, you know, there, there's it's a false equivalency. Yeah, as Biden lied, and of course he's a politician, they all stretch the truth. They all, you know, put stuff out there. Okay. But what Donald Trump has done, and what Donald Trump has done is so far beyond that. And that's why he's been charged with all of these crimes. You know, so to just say, well, you know, Joe Biden lies, Donald Trump lies, that is a false equivalency. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I am saying that the people who th- people who think Donald Trump lies, the Donald Trump supporters think Joe Biden lies as much as they you think Donald Trump lies. They think Joe Biden's lying when he says he didn't have any contact with Hunter Biden in some type of business dealings with Burisma. They don't believe him. They think he's lying. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying they think the sky is blue and you think the sky is purple. And you're not going to convince the other one of the, of what the facts are. And I, I, I see. Okay, I, I see your point in that regard. These people thinking that, but you know, you have to look at what the actual facts are. And look, is it is it possible that Joe Biden was involved in Burisma? Yeah, of course, it's possible, right? Should it be investigated? Of course, it should be investigated. But at the same time, uh, you know, um, uh, what what is already been somewhat proven is much different than what is being looked into you know uh i mean no but 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 my 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 point is is that trump supporters you know they're just aghast what you think donald trump lied what donald trump supporters got to realize and look in the mirror and say you can't be the party of family values when your own president has had six children with three different women in Rhoda and was having sex with a porn star while his son was, was being born. That's not the party of family values. At least be honest 
and say, we don't care about family values. We don't care. We we want our guy in the office and we don't care. Right. I mean, at least be honest. But don't try and shovel this garbage like somehow he's a man of the people and he really cares. I mean, y- you need to have some honesty here. And both sides, um, you know, are off in la la land. That's my uh, humble opinion. Well, in your humble opinion, um, I, 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 I see your point. What I, what I don't what I don't get what frustrates me is that. People that think that well, if you criticize uh, Donald Trump, that must be that must mean that you love what Joe Biden is doing. And they're not the same thing whatsoever. Right. You know, um, or, that, or 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 I said the other day on the radio, I was like, I was like, look, Joe Biden looks old. He just looks old. Yeah. He looks older than Donald Trump. I know he's only two years older or three years older, whatever, but he just looks older. I don't know if it's a bad makeup job or his hair plugs or the way he shuffles. He just looks older. And somebody was like, I can't believe you like Donald Trump. It's like, it's not the same thing. It's what are you yeah. talking about? You know? I, you know, you talk about looking older than that. I saw a meme the other day, um, uh, Mick Jagger next to uh, Mitch McConnell. And <laughs> I think Jagger's like a year older. <laughs> and and the whole idea was like, hey, looks like sex, drugs, and rock and roll uh, ain't such a bad life after all. <laughs> now that's comedy. Nah, that that is comedy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so um, what did you think? Did you watch any of the uh, the the presidential debate? I know this is sort of old news by the time this podcast will be out, but did you watch any of the debate? I watched every second of it. What do you think? Um. I thought that the civil war within the Republican Party was on full display. I was disheartened when Chris Christie said we cannot normalize this kind of behavior and the crowd booed him. That really disheartened me because it's not about it's not. I mean, he didn't say that Donald Trump was guilty of any crimes, but he did say, you know, we just can't normalize this kind of behavior. And the crowd there, the Republican crowd there is saying, oh, yes, we can. And that really concerned me. Um, you know, I mean, I really liked what Nikki Haley had to say. I thought that she, you know, was was intelligent, talking about issues. Um, you know, so I really hope that she gets some traction on this. But um, when, the, when the crowd booed Chris Christie, when he says we cannot normalize this sort of behavior, uh, that really, it hurt my heart. Well, I'll tell you, I think uh, Mike Pence, um, my humble opinion, was the star of the evening. Um, I thought he was forceful. I thought he was presidential. I thought he was um, had command. And I thought he was the best I've ever seen him. He wasn't milquetoast. He wasn't Harvey milquetoast. He was uh, defiant. He was responsible. He stood up and took the credit or the blame for January 6th and was proud of it. And I thought he was a. I think there should be a chapter in the book Profiles and Courage named after Mike Pence. I have got mixed emotions on Mike Pence because I don't disagree with what you just said there, and I don't know that I don't know that I would ever vote for him because his his social views and my social views do not coincide, right? Um, but having said that. Having said that, if he is that if he is the president, I at least believe that he believes in the system of government. And I will respect that. You know, that he knows that he has to work with, you know, Democrats. 
he knows that he has to try to, you know, move things forward. So I respect that, although I don't know that I could ever vote for him based on his views of, you know, I mean, just the fact that he calls his wife mommy, you know, and uh, or mother, you know, and, and, and that, or he won't be in a room. That's that's why you're not going to vote for him, because he calls his mother, mo- dad. His wife, mommy. Well, no, but but it, but it's just it's just that 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 uptight. I don't know. I think sort it's kind of, of folksy. <laughs> kind of folksy. Yeah. Does it? Does it? I mean, don't women say all, all the time? Wait till wait till you know, wait till your father gets home, or wait till dad gets home, or don't other men call their call their wives mom or mother? Mother, what do you say? I mean, that's sort of charming. No, it, it, it's weird. You're just a hater. Why? You, have, you you clearly have mommy issues. He does. No, I don't. Which is why, which is why I don't crawl. I don't crawl any of my girlfriends over the years. I've never called one of them mother or mom or <laughs> or mommy. Yeah, yeah. You know. All right, we're going down a path. I don't want to go down. Yeah, well, evidently, yeah, because yeah, because you're wrong. Anyway, we'll take a quick break here. Uh, we are on uh, the Big Five Fifty KTRS as well as, of course, the podcast. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe, and all that, so you never miss a moment. This is McBroad, uh, Beck and Millhaven. Beck and Millhaven, just say it on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Tom Becca, he's McGraw Millhaven. Uh, in the world of sports, here we're getting ready for getting ready for football season in Nebraska. We've got a bit of a, a situation here where uh, one of uh, the football players on the team got busted this past a couple days ago. Got busted this past week breaking into a bait shop. Yeah, I saw that. I thought it was uh, a liquor store. Well, it was, it was a, like I think a liquor store, bait shop, sort of a you know one of those one of those combo places that you see. Yeah. Uh, he got busted doing that. Yeah, like like twenty seventh and O, right? I think that's about where it was. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 been to that liquor store. I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, <laughs> if there's a liquor store in Lincoln you haven't been to, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I resemble uh, that remark. Of course, that that was back in your misspent youth. Now you're a responsible father. That is correct. Yes, an irresponsible father. So that, but that was back in your misspent youth. So, um, so I made the comment on my Facebook page that maybe this is a sign that Nebraska will be back to greatness because back in their days of greatness, they always had a few uh, felons on the team. <laughs> oh, nice! A little snark to start off the season. Had 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 that go over? Is it snark or is it reality? Yeah. I mean that's uh that's what was the response? Well, a lot of people thought it was very funny. Uh, but uh, you know, somebody else said, you know, like put words in my mouth saying, you know, oh yeah, you know what that, that you're right, Tom. Coach Rule just wants to uh, recruit a bunch of uh, criminals. <laughs> that's that's not what I said at all. But you know, not everybody not everybody on the championship Husker teams was Lawrence Phillips. But uh you did have a few that got in trouble with the law. May may God rest his soul. May he rest in peace. Um, you know, so not. I mean, not. So that's all I said. That was, and it was, and and again, that was a that was a fact. That was a fact that there were some some uh, 
less than honorable characters on the Husker teams back when they were winning the national championship. Well, but there were less than honorable characters on every team in every city and every town and every college campus. There are kids who get into trouble. Um, but this one's weird, though. He he, he stole like $1,000 worth of vape products? Yeah. I mean, was he trying to sell them on eBay or something? Or You know what? I think there probably is a market for it out there. Is you he, know, is, I, I, was he kicked th- off the team? Shoplifting, uh, I don't think they've said yet, uh, as of the, the recording of this. I think that I think that uh, remains to be seen. I think you know, Matt Rule said that he was very disappointed that he was trying to help the kid work out uh, his problems and stuff like that. Um, uh, so, um, but uh, you know, I you know, I I really think if the if the vape company were smart, they should use him for for a name, image, and likeness deal. Don't steal them, buy them. I should know. <laughs> I'm Gilbert, whatever the guy, right? Whatever uh, the guy's name is. It's a uh, great advertising campaign. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 the liquor store should hire him to be their spokesman. Don't rob the place. Come in and come in and say, say hi and I'll, you know, I'll give you an autograph. Yeah, that that's just the message you want to that's just the message you want to put out there to these football players. Hey, you know, if you rob a liquor store, we could get you a really good endorsement deal. Well, they have they have advertised they have liquor advertising on the games. So I mean, what? Yeah, but the they don't have. Yeah, but it's buy the liquor, not steal the liquor. But this <laughs> is not... a, but this is a real this is a real issue now. Uh, shoplifting is becoming a real serious problem. I went to the my local CVS the other day to go and buy some laundry detergent. You know those those damn uh, little. Uh, Tide pods that supposedly yeah. kids were eating back in the day, right? You know. Yeah. Uh, so I went by that. They're under lock and key, and it's like no people are coming in. The people were coming in, and they were stealing all this laundry detergent, and uh, then you know just selling it on uh, out on the street. Uh, here in St. Louis, they put the de- the um, the deodorant behind the counter and the razors and stuff um, because the homeless people come and steal them. Well, that that's that's what is just um, you know just sort of amazing to me. I mean that yeah. that uh, that's the stuff that's getting you know shoplifted. Yeah. Uh, what I was mean, the story? What was the story the other day? Oh, it's a couple of weeks ago now. Where was it? Target or uh, Walmart announced how much money they're actually losing from people stealing from the automatic checkout counter. Right. Like the article, the story was like, do you think you're really getting away with it? You're not. They know exactly how much um, how much is being stolen out from under their their nose in those like automatic checkout places. And that's just written off as part of the cost of doing business. I guess so. Yeah. But I mean, I've done now. Look, can you honestly say that um, you've never swiped when you should have swiped and. You just put it in the, the bag and you got it for free. I've never done that. I've never done that. Have I thought of it? I will say I've thought of it. I've considered it. Then again, pretty much every time I walk into a bank for a moment there, I'm thinking about how I would rob the place. But I never really? do rob the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but back, back in the days of COVID, the early days of COVID, when you're walking around, you had the mask on all the time. I was just thinking, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, man, this is you know, this is great. I You know, you just. Walk in okay. and not I be have, suspicious. I, I have never thought about robbing a bank ever. You never thought about robbing a bank? Never once did I think about robbing a bank. Um, now, 
No, but no, wait, okay. So so you never thought about robbing a bank, but although you haven't really officially admitted it, you've implied that you have just put stuff into your uh, grocery bag without swiping it. Well, now let me let me call foul on myself. I don't take the six pack of beer and not swipe it and put it in the bag. I get like oh uh, kumquats or tomatoes and I, or bananas. And are they the organic bananas or the regular bananas? Are they the Roma tomatoes or are they the pitless grapes? I have a hard time distinguishing my produce from from one another. And so it gets really confusing and really hard. So I may or may not have from time to time just put in any number and just thrown them in the bag, regardless of what the cost actually was. (laughs) Because it's really confusing. So I'm guilty of that. And well, let's say let's face it, okay? If you've got bananas and they're organic bananas or non-organic bananas, you know the non-organic bananas are going to be cheaper. Yeah, but I don't yeah, but I didn't know if they were organic or not organic. How do you not know? They're they're marked there when you buy the damn things. Not they're marked when you pick them up, but not on the banana. It it still says Chiquita banana. Yeah, but okay, but you pick it up and you put it in your oh, Ladies and gentlemen, the, the uh, dealing with McGraw sometimes. Okay, so you you pick up the, you pick up the bananas, you put them in your cart, you finish the rest of your shopping. When you get to the checkout line, you can't remember whether or not these were organic bananas or not. That's exactly right. I did. I saw bananas and I picked them up. I didn't know which ones they were. I, I, I know. I think, if I, all right. I, my, I I don't know. I, I maybe I'm I might be the only one in the world, but I see bananas and I pick them up. I'm not thinking about what's the code to remember for when I go and check out. I've um, well, but and yeah, then they but, have but, like but, different wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm pretty sure the same is true in St. Louis. The codes are on the bananas. You type in. As a matter of fact, I happen to know this. The fact that I know this bothers me. Okay, the code for bananas is 4011. <laughs> okay, well, it's 911 here in St. Louis because I don't know what the code is. Because you're stealing them. Uh, no, yes, the code is on them sometimes. Sometimes the code isn't on them. That's my point. <laughs> and and sometimes, you know, you like look at, look it up and you're a tomato. And is it the is it the heirlooms? Is it the this tomato? Is it the that tomato? I'm like, I don't know. It's a tomato. I do think that some people think that they're justified in doing that uh, only because it's like, hey, look, if if uh, they had an actual clerk here to check me out, this wouldn't happen. You know, they feel like, hey, if you want me to be doing your job for you, this is right. how this, this is the kind of this is the kind of worker that I am. All right. Let me ask you this this question uh, in this same vein. Have you ever been through a checkout and the checkout person scans either the wrong code and gets it cheaper or forgets to scan something? Do you say something to the checker to say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I think you missed this. I I don't know. I, I don't recall ever seeing having that situation there. I don't know. Um, I did have a situation the other day when I was doing the checkout thing, right? Where the um, uh, the product was like two for eleven dollars, right? Yeah. Well, when I went to check them out, they didn't have the discount. Uh, well, it, tur- it turns out, turns out they didn't take down the sign. The discount like ended the day right. before. 
they didn't mm-hmm. take it on the sign. So I went and raised the little holy hell about that. And then and they uh, gave it to you. Then they gave it to me at the you know the this Yeah, well you price. don't get credit for arguing for a for for less. Would you argue and say, Oh no, no, it was two for eleven you charged me two for eleven, but it's really one for ten. Nobody told me there would be math in today's podcast. I have one more thing I want to bring up to you, and it has to do with the. Oh, wait, Florida... before, you, before you bring that up, let me just make one more point. I have done this, though. I have done this. I have, if they've given me the wrong change, if they've given me too much change, I have given the change back. Oh, no, no, no. You gave me $5. I shouldn't have had this five, you know, uh, you know, or, you know, the one or whatever it will be. If they've given me too much change, I have given that money back. I have always given the money back on 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 um, wrong exchange, and I don't know why. It's uh, situational ethics. I won't say anything if they undercharge me on the scam, but I will give the change back. I don't know why, but that's just my own personal. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point, though. Uh, I want to talk about the hurricane. Um, well, then let's listen. Let's take a break right now. We'll take another break, and then we'll talk about the hurricane when we return. This is Beck and Milhaven just saying on the Big 550 KTRS. After that wonderful tease McGraw did before the commercial break, uh, we are back and uh, talk about... Uh, uh, the hurricane and what's uh, about to hit Florida. All right, um, so, can, can I yeah. can I ask my question? I wish you would. So, um, Ron DeSantis, um, I think, gets you know great points for handling a crisis. I think he's he's buttoned up. He answers all the questions. He's respectful of the news media. Has all the experts there and everything else. And one of the things they did in that north of Tampa area is that they put in a mandatory evacuation um, notice, right? Mandatory evacuation where you had to get out. And this was put on by Governor Ron DeSantis and everybody else in Florida. Now, here's my question for you. Why is it that Florida has no problem putting on a mandatory evacuation for a hurricane, but was so offended when they wanted to put a mandatory mask mandate in for COVID. Well, you may find this hard to believe, but it's politics. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean... you, but no, no, but you're right. You're right. I mean, you know, I mean, you want to go back to that whole argument about people saying, I'm not putting on a mask or taking away from my freedom. It's like, are you, you know, is your freedom taken away when you have to stop at a red light? No, you stop at a red light for your safety and the safety of others. You know, wear a mask for your safety and the safety of others. Right. But but the evacuation, the mandatory evacuation is because you're going to get stuck. You're going to call for help and you're going to take away valuable resources for other people who are uh, innocently in danger because you were too lazy or too stupid to get out of the way of a storm. And so you're evacuating for the safety of you. And for others. And so that's why the state is mandating you to evacuate. Now, some people don't and they suffer the consequences. I don't think they're going door to door arresting people who didn't evacuate in the middle of a hurricane. But again, mandatory evacuation being what it is, everyone's okay with it. Oh, my goodness. Mandatory evacuations. We we need to get out. Mandatory masks. I'm not wearing it. Let me breathe on you. 
Kind well, of first, first of all, first of all, uh, the mandatory evacuation. There's always a few old codgers, not normally old codgers, who refuse to leave. And this is my home. I'm not going nowhere, you know. And then, of course, they end up drowning or in such trouble. They're you know crying for help. Um, so there's always been those people there that you know who was the guy. Remember when Mount St. Helen exploded, and there yeah. was some old guy that refused to get off the mountain. And May died. he rest in peace. Yeah, he died. Yeah, but but I mean, if, if you're going to, but again, I don't think they were arresting people for not wearing a mask. Right? There was mandatory mask. They just sort of strongly encouraged masks, and somehow yeah. you were a communist for this or giving up your personal freedom. It kind of didn't make any sense. Um, I, same thing with the mandatory evacuation. Again, they're, they're not going door to door, but you know, mandatory evacuations, I guess, means we're not coming to save you. You know, when you're sitting on your roof because we told you. Uh, to get out. Yeah, they, 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 they've, they've warned these people, say, look, we can't do anything. When, the, when this storm is at its worst, you know, we can't do anything until after the fact. Um, so, I mean, I think you bring up a very interesting point, you know, and, and you know, and by, by the way, by the way, you know, uh, these uh, conservative governors, uh, you know, want to make it a big point about how they don't need the federal government, but boy, uh, Ron DeSantis will be very happy to get any help Joe uh, Biden wants to send his way. Uh, you know, he, but he, if you notice, he's not meeting him on the tarmac. You see, this this whole thing, this, we as Americans, we as voters have got to grow up. You know, seriously, seriously, because, yeah, you know why he's not meeting him on the tarmac? Because you saw what the trouble that Chris Christie got into when he hugged Barack Obama uh, after a superstorm Sandy, right? So Chris Christie, uh, you know, got in trouble for that. So Ron DeSantis has got to go and stay away from President Biden because of the optics that would hurt him in a primary. And, yeah. and, and it makes absolutely no sense, okay? We are all in this together. I, I wrote a column in the Omaha World Herald last Sunday, and I made the point that, you know, that the people right there in Maui that were going there to, you know, recover the bodies and were going there to, uh, you know, help rebuild and everything. Nobody was wondering what that dead deceased person's views were on drag time story hour. Right. Uh, you know, they weren't concerned about who that person voted for. No, the first responders and the rescuers and the and the uh, recoverers were there to do a job and were there to you know, try to help these families out. And nobody gave it rat's patoot if they were Republican, Democrat, or whatever. They were human beings that were in trouble and there was something they could do to help. And that's what we got to look at this this way, right? It's not, I mean, it's it's not always my side versus your side. Sometimes it's got to be our side. And our side is the American people. And on that note, I'll get off my soapbox for a minute and let you uh, respond. Well, I think the bigger story isn't um, Ron DeSantis taking federal funds for this hurricane. I think the bigger story is Farmers Insurance announced that they're pulling out of Florida. They're done. They're just not going to write any more homeowner insurance policies anymore. This is now the fourth major insurance company to leave Florida, and a total of a dozen Florida insurance companies have left. And so I saw Republican Senator Rick Scott on an interview with CNN yesterday talking about this in which he was saying all the things the federal government can do to help 
with the homeowner insurance crisis uh, in Florida. And it was like, that's is that your role as a senator to somehow make sure that the federal government subsidizes homeowners insurance in Florida? Really? Talk about socialism. Talk about right. Talk about government getting involved with uh, businesses, uh, insurance being what it is. Right. Don't they have a right to sort of pick and choose where they want to insure? And if they don't want to insure in Florida, well, then that's on Florida. Why do I, as a a Missouri resident, have to worry about what's going on down in Florida or have my tax dollars subsidize Florida's insurance? But is the government's responsibility to, um, you know, like help out when uh, the private sector can't? I mean, the private sector doesn't build roads, so therefore the government does. If the private sector is not going to insure these homes in Florida, is it cheaper to insure the homes and have the government insure the homes than it would be for, uh, you know, just these people to, you know, or lose you know everything? If, if, if you want to build a house and you can't get insurance, that's on you. Why is that a federal government's responsibility to make sure you have insurance? So in other words, you're telling people, move out of Florida. Move, yeah, well, move, no, move, no, move, move no. To Missouri, move to Missouri, move to Nebraska, move to a state where you're not as concerned about these sort of catastrophic uh, global uh, climate conditions. No, I'm saying do whatever you want, but don't expect the federal government to bail you out when you can find insurance. Why should the federal government bail you out? If you're going to build next to a, 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 a river that floods all the time, why do I have to bail you out every time we're shocked? The river floods. Yeah, but what's happening in Florida right now is not somebody that is built right next to a river. I mean, these people have built, you know, way inland, and uh, they're getting hit. Well, it's it's well, it's good enough and dangerous enough so that insurance companies don't want to insure the house you're building. I'd build somewhere else, but if you want to build there, you're on your own. Yeah. Um... And yeah, and it's not just Florida. I mean, California, I think, is also seeing a, uh, a right, a right number exactly, of right, companies that, yeah, floods and and fires and whatever else. I I don't know. I mean, if it look, it, I want to build a house here. Well, the insurance company won't insure it. I don't care. Have the federal government insure it for me? I don't really think that works. But why Florida, who's a bastion of conservative ideals, when they want insurance, turns to the federal government? That doesn't but, make any sense to me. That to me is the issue here is that, you know, I mean, you got to look at this a little bit and say, okay, if these are what your, these are truly what your um, beliefs are, then you got to live by them. And all too often, that's not the case. All too often, it's like, well, I don't, we don't want the federal government involved. Oh, but wait a minute. Now we do. Most people don't want food stamps when they're not on food stamps. Uh, most, yeah, most, most people don't want government intervention when they don't need government intervention. But most people want government intervention when it's beneficial to them. Oh, definitely, Regar- yeah. Regardless of what party they're in. Oh, definitely. Yeah. De- definitely, you know, and, and that's just human nature. You yeah, know, but don't that's... don't sit around and call me a liberal, and then and then turn around and ask the federal government to insure your house down in Florida. Who 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 called you a liberal? I didn't. I've never called you a liberal. I'm not don't saying you. Like I'm saying the the whole proverbial you. Wasn't saying you specifically. Well, you just said, "Don't you call me a liberal?" When well, I never called you a liberal. Don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> uh, I know, man. Uh, well, here's the other thing too, and I, I've been trying to focus on this a little bit. You know, we talked a little bit about climate change, you know, last week, but you know, what what has happened is we go and we go and we 
we put people's personal identities to these issues instead of just looking at the issues. So when it came to climate change, it was easy to just, you know, make fun of Al Gore, right? Because Al Gore was, you know, pretty cartoonish character. Al Gore was Al Gore. Yeah, so you so so you can go and make you know make make uh, comments about Al Gore and therefore ignore climate change. Uh, likewise with Obamacare, right? And when they called it Obamacare, people were against it. When they called it the Affordable Care Act, people were for it. You know, when 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 Chris Christie says we can't normalize this kind of behavior and he gets booed, you know, it's because they're defending Donald Trump and not talking about what kind of behavior we want from our elected officials. And 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 I and I think that if and, and I don't know that it's possible, but I I would like, if at all possible, in in a perfect world, if we could go and just say let's focus on the issues and not so much on the messenger. Hmm. All right, that's a great message. Can I leave you with one uh, suggestion to watch between now and next podcast? Uh, yeah, sure. Last night I stumbled across this on PBS. It's got to be it's it's got it's, it's got to be a national show. Um, and I it's five episodes, and it's called Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland, and is is the story of the Good Friday Accords that were signed in 1998, but it starts all the way in the 1960s and what led up to when Clinton and George Mitchell signed the peace accords with Ireland and Northern Ireland. It is riveting. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was fantastic. And the, the, um, the, uh, the, um uh things that were so universal the the angst between the uh, the Irish Catholics and the Northern Ireland Protestants and their hatred for each other and their misunderstanding of each other equates so well today between the liberals and the conservatives and the city versus the county or it was just phenomenal and it was such a great look at how these two groups these Hatfields and McCoys who hated each other for no other reason than they hated each other and would rather blow things up and destroy what they loved than actually somehow find common ground and keep what they loved. It was wonderful. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, once Upon a once, Time in Northern Ireland. Once Upon a Time in Northern Ireland, PBS, must viewing. There what? will be a test next week. Okay. Uh, another another uh, show that I watched uh, the other night and completely different than what you're watching. It was the Elvis Presley um, special from 1968, his comeback special. But it was a behind-the-scenes look at how they put this whole special together. And it talked about Colonel Tom Parker, and it talked about Elvis, and it talked about the problems they had, talked about Elvis being uh, scared and insecure about mm. um, about performing again because he'd been away. You know, he was in the military, and the Beatles had come in, and the, the whole world had changed since Elvis you know, became a phenomenon. And so, you know, he was all concerned about this uh, comeback special. And it was it was just phenomenal because that special really did sort of rejuvenate his career and make him, you know, become, you know, who he became there uh, in later life. But uh, uh, it, I just I just found the uh, the documentary to be fascinating. What channel is that on? That, I believe, is uh, Paramount. All right. Check it out. Yeah, so anyway, so it's Paramount. So that's part of the problem, too. It's like, you know, so many different streaming services. 
somebody will say something and be like, oh, yeah, I don't get that one. You know, uh, what, I, what I try to do is, <laughs> what I try to do is I, I'll buy a, a streaming service for a month, catch up on everything, and then yeah, that's, go on to that's another what streaming I do. service. Yeah. yeah, then I cancel. Yeah. 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 So anyway. All right. Well, I guess we're about out of time then for today, huh? We've already done no, this. No, we're, we're out of time, baby. All right. So let's uh, do this again next week. Have yourself a wonderful week. And until next time, I'm Tom Becker. I'm McGraw Millhaven. Take care and bye, y'all. So long. Ahura Media Production.